0: What's happening tonight, fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy, with you. It is our annual Black and Gold Banneret Awards nominees show. The bannies for 2019 are coming your way. Um, we're going to go through all 14 award categories. If you want to skip ahead, I've got the timestamps for you. But uh, we have, uh, uh, we're going to provide you the nominees. And we're going to allow you one week until our next podcast next week to vote on them. And you can vote on them on our website, black You can also follow us at UCF underscore banneret on Twitter and Facebook.com slash black and Gold Brian, Eric, how are you boys today? Have you are you wearing your formal wear for this? No, actually, no, this is not a formal wear thing. It's like uh, it's it's like a dinner, but we have press and I don't know, I mean is that, is that how it works, like an Oscar nominees kind of deal? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their, yeah. You get the, uh, like, now that's becoming, like, its own show, right? Yeah, well, you got to see what everybody's
1: wearing and they're accessorizing. And I was going to ask, I think I, I have think a orchestral swelling music that we can drop into the intro of the show.
0: Yeah, I don't um, have any rights for that. Yeah, and see, the thing, the thing about
1: that is I used that same joke last week. <laughs> material.
0: We've. we've uh. <laughs> Lopez is really excited for this, um, as you can tell. So we've got. I uh, know. No, I gotta.
2: Re- I gotta return this rented suit quickly. So yeah. we Gotta
0: get. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a couple. Of, I just want to go over a couple of new things this year. We've split the Coach of the Year awards into a women's team and a men's team Coach of the Year award. Um, we've also added an award for alumni or alumnus alumnus or alumna of the year, which is given to a UCF athletics alumnus who had the best year in their respective, uh, sport. Um, and, uh, is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, so the award categories, we've got women's and men's coach of the year. We've got comeback athlete of the year, breakout athlete of the year, senior leader, newcomer uh, alumni. Um, We've got Game of the Year, Play of the Year, Moment of the Year, and Performance of the Year. Uh, we have Male Athlete of the Year, Female Athlete of the Year, and then we finished with Team of the Year. So uh, without further ado, gentlemen, let's get uh, started. We're going to go start with the Coach of the Year Awards and start with the Women's Team's Coach of the Year uh, we have five nominees. We have Todd Dagenet for volleyball. His team made it to the NCAA's. Had that long winning streak uh, in the middle of the year. Went undefeated in conference. Emily Marin, UCF women's golf. Uh, the uh, women's golf team made it to the NCAA championship tournament. Becky Kramer and rowing, leading her team to the fifth to their fifth consecutive um, Atlantic uh, or, or American Athletic Conference uh, championship. Brian Knieko, women's tennis, a total breakout team this year. They were absolutely outstanding. Uh, they made it all the way to the Sweet 16 in tennis. And Coach Abe, uh, Katie Abrahamson Henderson of UCF women's hoops, uh, making it to the NCAA as an at-large team um, for the first time, gentlemen. Who, are, uh, real quick, give me your case on uh, uh, on who you might be voting for out of those five.
1: I will st- I will stand for Brian Knieko. Uh, not only for his fantastic first name, although I think he spells it wrong, <laughs> I was with a Y. Uh, regardless, looking over that fact, there's no there's no program, athletic program this year, more dominant uh, and UCF this year than
2: women's tennis.
0: That's a fair point. Uh, Eric?
2: I, I kind of agree with Murph, but can I make a case for Becky Kramer, who we just kind of always take for granted every year? I feel like we do these awards every year. Oh, yeah, well, Becky Kramer, oh, yeah, I want to... She's got – rowing has dominated the American Conference. Them and UConn Women's Soups are the only two sports that has won five straight conference titles. And she led them again to a chance to play for the national championship. I, let's just kind of pay acknowledgement to Becky Kramer on the job she did, as well as Emily Marin, who led women's golf to the national championship round as well on those two. So let's just give a salute on those two, especially Becky Kramer, who I feel like we always kind of, oh, well, she had a nice year, you know. I, I I want
0: to uh, I want to pour one out for Coach A because she led a team that was you know very, that was senior laden. And remember those players? A lot of those players they weren't even recruited by her and got them to the it got them to the NCAA tournament uh, as an at large for the first time. But um, my vote is going to go to Todd DaGene personally because to do what that team did. Um, a team that was picked, I think, fifth or sixth in the conference, basically in the middle of the pack, to roll through the conference season, win almost 30 matches, and be picked to host the NCAA tournament is just a remarkable coaching job uh, by him, especially a team, especially with a team that had exactly one senior, one senior, uh, with the amount of turnover that they had from last year. So um, that'd be my pick. So let's go to. But, but, no.
2: Now, I'll say this, by the way. I will preference this. This is the greatest year, arguably, at athletics all time. Right. When you have basically 75% of your sports teams make the NCAA tournament. There's going to be a great of a hard curve. There's no wrong answers on this process. Uh, I would vote for Brian, though, because women's tennis, who the heck thought they would make a Sweet 16?
0: Uh, (laughs) That's that's pretty tough. It's a tough choice. That's why we can't make it. That's why we leave it to you, the fans. Um, By the way, I did want to mention – that our um, our nominations, by the way, were picked by us, the staff at Black and Gold manorette So we all we all come up with the nominations. You guys do the voting. Um, men's team coach of the year. We have four nominees. We have Scott Calabrese, men's soccer, outstanding season for them. Johnny Dawkins, men's basketball, leading UC up to their first ever NCAA uh, tournament victory and nearly a second one. Uh, Josh Heupel for football. What a job that Josh did. I think I think this gets taken for granted, which we'll discuss in a moment. And John Roddick for men's tennis. Um, Eric, go ahead. Who do you like out of those four?
2: I'm going with Johnny Dawkins. And the reason I'm going with Johnny Dawkins is, of that group, he's the only one that, first of all, won a postseason game. And number two, not only did he take the men's basketball program to the tournament for the first time in 14 years, which was a lot of pressure. There's no coach that have more pressure to deliver getting into the postseason like Johnny Dawkins, because this, you know, by everybody's acknowledgement, it was now or if not now, when, when was this program going to make the tournament? Not only does he lead them to the tournament, he gets the program's first ever win against VCU and literally comes in within a tippin' of knocking off Duke in one of the most incredible basketball games of the entire NCAA tournament. Uh, just a remarkable job to put the men's basketball program on this map. I would vote him slightly ahead of Scott Calabrese, who had a heck of a year with men's soccer, and they got to the second round of 32 and won the regular season title and hosted the tournament. But I would go Johnny Dawkins.
0: How about Eric ah. Lopez casting aspersions on Josh Hypel saying that he didn't win a postseason game this year when he did anyway? Um,
2: uh, An NCAA tournament game? I didn't know he won a bowl game. There are no
0: NCAA tournament games in football No, but there's a thing called bowl games. There's a bowl game. Yeah, but there's also a championship game for the conference, which is in the postseason. Um, Josh Heupel would get my pick. That's why Josh Heupel would get my pick. I don't think anyone really fully appreciated the fact that this guy came in after two years of Scott Frost, mostly with Scott's kids. Um. Stepped into a situation with a team that had come off of an undefeated season, and had every reason to tell him, "Hey, look, man, we know how to win. Don't tell us what to do." And what does he do? Leads them to another undefeated regular season and another conference championship, and within one possession and within one possession of uh, of winning a bowl game and finishing off another fully undefeated. Season so hypo would get my vote. Brian, what do you think?
1: He didn't even get I the vote. Jeez, oh, I agree entirely. Eric is totally misguided here. Completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think people don't understand. Like Josh Heifa has literally been the UCF head coach for only one season. Right, and that kind of is kind of nuts. It just like he's been around like five years. He's only been there one year. That one year, he had to pull up the toughest to follow in college football. He was, you know, writing with all the national championship stuff that he had to deal with too. He, he had to deal with those questions that he wasn't even a part of. He wasn't really, you know, even a part of that when it was said by Danny White on the field at the Peach Bowl. And yet, he had to deal with that as well. He dealt with the McKenzie-Milton injury. And yet, they, they come pretty close. I think it was a seven-point game or eight-point eight eight point eight point game. Eight-point uh, game. 40 to 32. They come with eight points of basically pulling off a double I mean, yeah, he did it with a lot of the same players. Uh, this team and last year's team, obviously Milton aside, but Milton's injury was gigantic. But otherwise, they didn't have a, a whole lot of uh, other massive injuries that, that pushed the team back. And yet, but still, you, you've got to coach those guys up, and you've got to also deal with the fact that every other team that, that's facing Josh Heifel's knights, as opposed to Scott Frost's knights, they all want to take you down. Scott Frost at least had the benefit of speaking up on people until the end of the year to realize oh they really are that good. Josh Heifel's nights came into the year where everybody had them as a target on their schedule, and they right. they vanquished everyone except for LSU by eight points in the bowl game. There
2: was how many how, how many ranked teams did he beat? All
0: right, we're not debating that. We're moving on. Gee, uh, four. Four. That's all four nominees. Scott Calabrese, Johnny Dawkins, Josh Heupel, and uh, John Roddick. We'll see. We'll see how many of uh, how many UCF fans think Eric Lopez is wrong. Um, let's move on to some uh, uh, individual athlete awards. We got comeback athlete of the year. This was kind of tough because you know I felt like I don't know. For the most part, we had a lot of really good injury luck <laughs> across many of the sports. Um, when you win conference championships, that usually tends to happen. But there were three people that stood out, and they were all basketball players. Aubrey Dawkins, who missed all of last year, and may have played himself into an NBA draft pick in one season at UCF. Taco Fall, who struggled with injuries um, last year, came back and also may have played himself into an NBA pick. And one of our favorite, not just players, but people, who we've seen in a long time at UCF, Tolu McCorey from women's basketball, who um, who suffered a, a, a torn ACL last year and missed the whole season, came back and was a key starter for UCF uh, and a key and a key player up front, particularly with defense and rebounding and helping that team uh, make uh, make the NCAA tournament. Those are your three comeback athletes of the year. Um, my vote is going to go for Tolu because. Well, I can vote for Tolu if I want, um, and also because of the fact that she, you know, she was really also a, a senior leader. She did, you know, she didn't score twenty points a game. Uh, she didn't have to, um, but for her to come back from an injury that devastating, which we know is to- is is really really tough to come back from, she did it, and uh, and she gets my vote. Um, Brian will go to you next.
1: Yeah, I've got to go with Aubrey Dawkins here. Certainly, it was nice to see Taco Fall come back the way he did uh, after his shoulder surgery. But, you know, Aubrey had the same injury. And due, because he was also red-shirting the year prior, he missed two years, or as he would tell you, two and a half years. You know, he in his yeah. last game before he played this year for UCF, his last game was in Michigan in the 2016 tournament yeah. uh, for, for Michigan. So, it's such a long time. So much rust and lose a lot, lose a lot of confidence. And yet, I think he was twice named the conference player of the week. And as we'll talk about later, he had perhaps the best performance of any UCF player uh, across all sports this year.
0: Quite possibly,
2: Eric. I agree with every word Brian said. I think it's Aubrey Dawkins He hadn't played basketball in two years. I think it's a slam, no pun intended. I think it's a slam dunk.
0: I would go Aubrey Dawkins I think you're. I think you guys might be right about that. But again. We'll leave it to you to vote on those three athletes. Let's go to breakout athlete of the year. This award goes to um, an individual athlete who, you know, they're not a newcomer. They're not a freshman or or a transfer or anything. They've been on the roster for a year or two. But all of a sudden, they show up and step up in a big way for a whole season. We have four nominees. They're all in the men's sports, interestingly enough. Greg McRae for football. Cal Jennings from men's soccer, Ray Alejo from baseball, and Richie Grant from football. My vote is going to go to Cal Jennings because um, as good as he was especially towards the second part of last year we did not think he would finish second in the country in scoring um, and 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 just be an absolute terminator out there uh, for the UCF men's soccer team. He was not the only reason, but a pretty doggone big reason why UCF had such a breakout year uh, in men's soccer. Eric, what do you think?
2: I agree with you, and I'll add. Remember, when we go into the season, who was going to be the goal scorer? Who was going to provide the scoring with the graduation of Matias Pasillo? Uh, yeah, who yeah. was one of the arguably one of the best players ever in the program's history? And Cal Jennings took his game to a different level. Uh, to be one of the top players in the sport. So I'm with you. I, I'm with you there
0: 100%. Brian, I am ah. anticipating you making your case for Ray Alejo. <laughs> uh,
2: not. I mean, I like Ray. He's a nice player. But
1: I would go with Great McRae here. I think it's – it's. I mean, first of all, there's really nothing you can't really say about Kyle Jennings. That's not deserved. It's fantastic. However, Great McRae, people think he had a great, like, breakout full season. He really didn't even start breaking out until around the halfway point of the year. right? And then it ended up as one of the best players, as one of the best running backs in the nation. He had almost 1,200 yards on the ground, only 133 touches. Uh, He was just a fantastic player, kind of out of nowhere. Plus, you have to add in the whole, like, he was a walk-on factor, transferred from Navy, walked on to UCF, got a scholarship before the start of last season, and really was just kind of a mop-up player for the first month and a half and then became unquestionably their best running back for the second half of the season
0: i think greg mccray might personify the 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 perfect like we could name the award after him you know i mean that's yeah. like that's the kind of player that i think you you would do for that um so the again your four nominees greg mccray cal jennings Ray Alejo, Richie Grant for breakout athlete of the year. Let's do it. Uh, an award that was new last year, the senior leader of uh, of the year award. You could kind of call this the uh, the uh, the Shaquem Griffin award, if you will. Yeah, maybe not the best player on the team, but they're somebody who the, their players respect them, love them. Um, their coaches, their coaches love them. The fans love them. Um, and they personify like what you would want uh, you, you know a, what uh, your senior captain to be. I feel like that, that's kind of like what it is like your senior captain of the year. We have four nominees. We have BJ Taylor of men's basketball. We have Matthew Micah from baseball. We have Jordan Pingle from volleyball and we have Tolua McCory from uh, women's basketball. Uh, my vote on this one is going to go to Jordan Pingle because she personifies everything that, I think uh, UCF volleyball in the Dagenet era is all about four-year starter, all-time leader in digs, um, one of the uh, probably the greatest defensive player in the history of the program. Um, I know that there are some old timers who might take issue with that, but for my money, she's the best I've ever seen wearing the different color jersey as the libero for UCF volleyball. Um, uh, Brian, we'll go to you next. Who do you like? I'm going to go
1: with B.J. Taylor, uh, it, you know, with the most successful men's basketball season in program history, he was the heart and soul of that team. Unquestionably, he was not the most talented player on that team. He doesn't have the highest NBA, uh, NBA prospects for any player on that team. But if there was anybody on that team, when they needed a big shot, they went to Big Shot Barry. And also, just he was just so – he was like the, the personification of a gamer, that was B.J. Taylor. He drew fouls uh, at a level that was not really... It he was, he was matched only by a few in the entire nation. He loved playing with contact. He had no fear against anybody. I just there's a really a kind of a, a steeliness to his game. That was, it was very admirable. And, uh, you know, you look at all the injuries he fought through his career. Uh, and uh, to come out and, and, and see here in the second round of tournament, uh, I think
2: that, that says it all. Eric? Well, tough choices. Brian makes a good case for uh, for BJ there. I think you can make a case for Micah just because of his personality, and I think that helped baseball when they could have easily their season looked dead. About a, you know what in March, Matt Murph, when they lost to Cincinnati, a lot yeah, it looked yeah. like it was bleak, and I think they kept playing. They played hard, and I think that was a, a kind of a showcase for Matthew Micah, and it speaks a lot. But I'm actually going to agree with Jeff. I can't believe I'm saying this multiple times <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> But Jordan Pingle, being the only senior to lead that young team to the year they had, which is arguably Jeff, and I'll defer to you, maybe the greatest season that volleyball's had as far as the regular season, and maybe the best year they've had since '78, right? I mean,
0: well, uh, I don't know about that, but certainly the best season that they've had since joining, um, since since joining Conference USA, I will say that.
2: And I would argue maybe a bigger, better league than they have been. I just it was a dominant year and. The way she represented the program and that team and led the way and her play, I I would go with Pingle too because I don't know, Jeff, you tell me. If I take away Jordan Pingle from that team this past year, do they accomplish what they did? I don't know if they do.
0: Uh, I don't know who the value over replacement player is for Jordan Pingle, but I can (laughs) tell you this she was way above it. Um, So, BJ Taylor, Matthew Matthew Michael, Matthew Matthew, Micah, Jordan Pingle, Tolo McCoy, senior leader. Um, we of should, the year,
1: I should also we should also throw in people like what about football? I would honor, I would honorably mention Titus Davis over the uh, like vocal leader portion for UCF. He doesn't really make our poll here, but he should be mentioned.
0: Guess what? It's our poll. We'll add him if we want. So I'm going to add in Titus Davis. <laughs> All right. Um, newcomer athlete of the year. Um, this is given to a player who could be a freshman or could be a transfer from somewhere else who. Um, just splashed onto the scene and became a star right before our eyes. We got some really good nominees in this. Trey Nixon for UCF Football, the wide receiver who came over from Ole Miss, transferred over and really broke out for UCF Football. It was an excellent deep threat for Mackenzie Milton. Um, Elizabeth Moon from Women's Golf, who won two tournaments this year, individual medalists. Um, McKenna Melville for volleyball total breakout star led the led UCLA volleyball in kills um and and actually got to play this year with or this summer with the USA with the team USA system uh college team on, a, on an international tour Andres Hernandez Betancourt of men's soccer who by the way was a Soar's award winner for um for freshman of the year um and uh, and Anandi Sharma from women's tennis who was Uh, an outstanding player for Brian Canico's team in their run uh, deep into the NCAA's who you got Eric Lopez
2: well let me just say this is by far the strongest year that we've done this awards from the depth standpoint like you could make a case that all those five people would win this award on a normal year and I feel like we're going to say that about every category Mm -hmm. Um, wow (laughs) I'm going to go with Elizabeth Moon and I'm going to say and I'll tell you why She helped, by her arrival, she helped turn a program that just missed the tournament, I believe, last year to a team that competed for the national championship just as a freshman. What a difference maker. We had, of course, uh, Emily Marin on a recent episode. She talked about how she ended up with uh, Elizabeth Moon, but what a difference maker she was. I would give her the slight edge, although Melville, and I'm sure you're going to talk about her, is certainly in that mix, and, you know, Sharma, the tennis player, made a great... I mean, it's a tough award, but I, I... I would slightly lean to moon, but I'm open to i I'm, I'm not against anybody in this category.
0: I am going to go with Nandini Sharma of women's Tennis. Of all the players on that roster, she was tied for bet for most wins with eighteen in singles. Um she had an overall record of eighteen and three, which was the highest win percentage. She was six and two in her last ten individual matches. Um, moved her way up the uh, up the chain as well. She, even though most of her matches were in the number six slot in singles, she ended up moving all the way up to four throughout the course of the year. She was seven and zero as the number five player, and then in addition to that, she was also outstanding in doubles. Uh, paired with uh, Marie Mattel, she was six and zero in doubles, and then she was another two and zero um, paired with Rebecca Stolmar uh, as well. So. So Nandini uh, Sharma gets my vote uh, for uh, for player for uh, women's uh, athlete uh, or excuse me women's newcomer uh, or or, I'm sorry newcomer of the year not women's newcomer it's 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 a unisex award. Um, Brian, (laughs) I'll go I'll go with you. What do you got?
1: I got to go with McKenna Melville for uh, really a a volleyball team that didn't know. What it was going to get this year, it was kind of a it was kind of a turnover year. You only had one senior, and you had to really see how the young kids were going to pan out. McKenna Melville had 160 more kills than any other player on the roster. <laughs> Offensively, she was a beat she beat down everybody. Uh, and so, and I just think in that sense. And then you mentioned that she played this summer with, uh, with Team USA. Uh, that's a huge feather in her cap too. So, as a freshman, to be as offensively overwhelming as she was at times. I think that, that deserves my vote.
0: All right. So, again, your nominees for Newcomer Athlete of the Year, Trey Nixon of football, Elizabeth Moon of golf, McKenna Melville from volleyball, Andres hernandez Betancourt of men's soccer, and Nandini Sharma of uh, women's tennis. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick back up with the Alumni of the Year Game of the year, play of the year, moment of the year, and performance of the year. Stick around; we're back after this. It's the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast 2019 Award Nomination Show. Welcome back to the 2019 Black and Gold Banneret Award Nominees Show. Jeff Sharon, along with Eric Lopez and Brian Murphy, um, we're going to move into some um, away from some individual awards into some, you know, sort of team or time-based awards uh and well we're going to start actually with a different uh, one individual award that we want to talk about but it's not about (laughs) anyone who's currently at UCF it's the alumni of the year award it's um it's a uh, this is the first year we're doing this award I wanted to I wanted to have an award for um a former UCF athlete who had the best year in their respective sport um how do we determine that I don't know. You vote for it. Remember, you're the one who's going to be voting for all these, um, as uh, as it is. But we nominate them. We, the Black and Gold Banneret staff, we nominate the uh, these award winners, and are these award nominees, and then you vote for them. So um, here we go. We have four nominees for Alumni of the Year. Number one, we have Jermaine Taylor, basketball, uh, who played. Uh, who, by the way, I, I I have a soft spot for Jermaine here, because. When I saw him at a UCF basketball game, about uh, not not this past season, but the season before, I said, "I said, how you doing?" And he said, "I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm done." And then, all of a sudden, the next thing I know, he's gotten drafted by the Big Three, the the uh, the three on three league in the summer that uh, is run by Ice Cube, and all of a sudden he turns into the scoring threat for this uh, for uh, the team called the Ball Hogs. Um, Brian Scalabrini's team which is great his co- his his uh, head coach is uh, is Rick Perry he averaged 11 he a- he averaged 11 points in 11 minutes last year per game um now we have two soccer players women's soccer Alina Reyes Brazil World Cup team um qualifying for uh, uh, uh basically captaining Brazil to the World Cup as a goalie um, fantastic job by her. Kanye Plummer, also former UCF women's soccer player. No,
2: no, no, hold on, time out. She's still a student. She's actually still active.
0: Oh, that's right. You know what? We have to so, take Kanye out, so, ah, so she's not the just alumni want to the NCAA to get her alright? Alright, alright, alright. Um, Sophie, How- Sophie Howard's the we'll one uh, Alright, so here's what we'll do. We'll add in Sophie Howard as well for Scotland, who helped qualify, who helped qualify for her team. Um, and, uh, don't forget, uh, uh, uh Kat Souza or as she's known as Cataline, oh, yeah. for Brazil as well. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, cause you know, in Brazil, you're known only by your first name. And, uh, and last but not least, there were several football nominees, but we decided to go with Traquan Smith, who has a lot. Now you don't, you laugh. All right. I know 28 catches for 427 yards this year in the NFL, five touchdowns. He had a, a, a yards per reception of fifteen point three. He caught the uh, record breaking touchdown pass from Drew Brees uh, on Monday Night Football, nonetheless. And the Saints are expecting a lot more out of him, so he could be a real breakout uh, receiver uh, in the NFL coming up uh, this coming season. So um, that's why we put Draquan Smith in there. So those are, so those are your five. We got Jermaine Taylor, Elena Reyes, Cat uh, Souza. Uh, Sophie Howard and Traquan Smith. All right, fellas, who you got?
2: I think Eric goes first. Well, oh, thank you, Murph. I will go Alini Reyes. First of all, she made the UCF Athletic Hall of Fame this year, so that in itself is pretty cool. She's playing professionally, she's still playing professionally up in Europe. Uh, in a pro league there which might be the best league when women's soccer if not the second best league in pro soccer and she's on the Brazilian national team which oh by the way Brazil's known for their soccer and she's in the World Cup it's a big event Uh, and just a remarkable (laughs) story considering four years ago she wasn't even playing actively she was a coach and then she decided one day, you know after taking a few years off why don't I try out for Brazil and then she ended up in the Olympics now she's in the World Cup and I think they got a chance to win the whole thing. So that is uh, my vote would be for Miss Reyes.
0: Uh Brian, who Brian, you got? I
1: agree with I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean it it, it, it is something else to play for Brazil of all of all nations. I know they're not it's not like the men's team, but Brazil is still pretty heady territory for a World Cup, no matter if it's men's or women's. Plus, wasn't Aline wasn't she on the show? Didn't we have an interview with her on the yes, show? Yes we We're did. There? so why
0: not let's go with let's <laughs> go with what we
1: have on the podcast in front of the podcast all
0: right i've now i made my case for Tremaine. i made my case for trey Quan. i don't think he can go wrong with any of the other alumni so well um, we've had those two have also been on the podcast in fairness that's right that's right so um mm-hmm. now we're going to get to uh, some really fun awards that that are i think are the these awards i think are the ones that spark the most debate among ucf fans um and it's the uh it's it's sort of the the moment of the year awards. Now we do have a moment of the year award, but there's there's four of them. There's the game of the year, the play of the year, the moment of the year and the performance of the year. Um we're going to start with game of the year. We have it was quite a year for games, by the way. We had yeah. six nominees. All right. Um the men's basketball game between UCF and Duke in the second round was just um, I mean, yes, game of the year, definitely. I mean, maybe not the result we wanted, but it's got to be in there. By the way, it necess- doesn't necessarily have to be a UCF victory in order to be nominated. Um, football. Clearly. We had three football <laughs> ch- uh, games, but um, the one we decided to go with was the regular season game between UCF and Memphis, the 31-30 game in the rain, in the Liberty Bowl. Um, come back from da- uh, from down in the second half of that game are uh, you had the uh, the fourth and one touchdown from Taj McGowan which we'll talk more about later um, Mackenzie Milton flipping into the end zone the stop on fourth down to end the game um, yeah, a truly remarkable and dramatic setting for that game women's tennis there were a couple of nominees we were had to choose between one their match against Florida in the regular season on um, on uh, uh, on college match day, but we went with the NCAA matchup against Florida State in a round of 32 that got UCF to the Sweet 16. Um, going into Tallahassee, winning and and, and winning twice uh, and beating the home team Seminoles there um, was certainly a big achievement for that program. Men's soccer they had quite some thrillers down down uh, down late, but one we go we decided to go with. Uh, their 3-2 comeback overtime victory over UConn uh, on a golden goal uh, in the semifinals of the American at home in front of the home crowd. Truly, truly remarkable game. Maybe one of the best uh, soccer games that you'll ever see at any level. Um, men's basketball, we uh, we added another one in here um, at, based on pure exception, but um, that victory at Houston, when Houston had college game day, um, celebrating their program, and and as good as Houston was this year, UCF goes in in a really a almost I guess you could say a must win situation goes in and upsets the ranked um, Cougars uh, in a
1: place where in a place where Houston had
2: lost in like a year and a half.
0: Right, yeah, a, way, truly with, remarkable victory there. With and college
2: then, game day there yeah? with college yeah, game day, yeah.
0: And then plus, last but not least, speaking of games against Houston. Um, Baseball senior day, the last day of the year for UCF. They had to win that game in order to preserve, um, in order to preserve their seeding for the um, for the American Athletic Conference baseball tournament. Game that goes into extra innings is five hours long, and a walk off victory uh, for UCF on uh, on a on a base hit by Brandon Hernandez uh, wins the final game. A senior, um, a truly uh, uh, another really amazing, <laughs> gut wrenching game. Um, so there's six nominees. Um, my vote. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be weird here, and I'm gonna go with the men's soccer game against UConn, which I was there for in person. And if I had to ask, if you ask me now, I haven't attended overly many soccer games, but if you ask me, what was the best soccer game I'd ever seen? It was that one with UCF down two to nothing at the start of the first or start of the second um, to a team that is a traditional power in the American in soccer. Uh, it looks like it's all going to fall apart. They tie the game late, send it to OT, uh, and then they get the golden goal um, from uh, in dramatic fashion from Max Stiegwert, who had to come in because of a a red uh, because uh, of a substitution. And I think UCF actually had a uh, a player issued a red card in the, at that moment. And uh, but they finally ma- but they managed to get the victory. Um, that's my pick for game of the year. Uh, Brian will go with you. What do you have?
1: Well, I, I was you know present for most of these. I was fortunate enough to be present for the for the Houston game, basketball, certainly football games I was at, and uh, the the game of the year for me, without question, is UCF Duke. Yes, it wasn't the result of the year, uh, but you consider the talent on the floor for Duke, what UCF was facing uh, with with all the NBA prospects on that floor, and how the game unfolded. With you know UCF hanging top early, you're like, wow, this has been pretty entertaining. And then Duke kind of pulls away at the end of the first half, they by at the end of the first half. It's like, well, Duke's gonna find a rhythm in the second half. They'll probably win by like ten or so. And UCF doesn't quit. They come back. They have a four point lead with like two minutes to go, and then a bunch of stuff happened. <laughs> like, just craziness all over the wall. We got big shots and and uh, officiating controversy, and then of course the Heartbreaking last position for UCF uh, basketball with uh, the missed tip and BJ's missed shot. But that was the only sporting event I've ever been at, uh, either as a fan or as media. Where right at the end of it, I, I felt stunned. I was just glazed over. I And my fingers were shaking. I was trying to tweet out, like, updates as the game was going on for, for people you know who were watching. And it was so hard for me to type. I, I couldn't type on, on, on Twitter. I, my fingers were just shaking. So with that alone, just the way that game impacted me emotionally and physically, I think I had to pick UCF too.
0: You know what's amazing about that game? It was the highest rated UCF sporting event in history in terms of television ratings, even higher than any football game. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 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 National um, I'm with Murph, and I know, look, I know some people don't want to vote because, oh, my team lost. So it does, no, it's not a great. Think about it this way. If the Aubrey Dawkins Tippin goes in, This wouldn't even be a debate, right? Right. Not only would it be the game of the year now, it'd probably be the game of all time in the history of the program. With a game that had so many storylines. And yes, UCF may have lost in the scoreboard, but I would argue they left that building as winners. Uh, Taco Fall is probably going to get drafted because of that game. Aubrey Dawkins with an incredible performance Johnny Dawkins with an incredible coaching job It was just a phenomenal game That the entire country was Invested in To me that's the game of the year If you're that person that does not refuses to vote Because they lost Then my consolation game would be I would vote for the Houston game Because they were in Houston They were an underdog I don't know if anybody gave them a chance to win in Houston No one did College game day was there and they pulled off that win, and I think you left. That was the turning point because after that, I thought that was a team that at that point everybody's like, they might we're going to go to the tournament, we're going to go yeah. to the. Tournament. Um, so I would vote if you don't want to vote for a loss, I would vote for the Houston win. But I, I'm with Murph. I would go with the Duke game. I, those are my top two. By the
1: but. way, that Houston game, that Houston game, were, Houston was ranked sixth in the nation
2: at the time of that game,
1: and I believe it snapped a 34. 34-
0: Game on home court win streak. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's amazing.
2: You had Jay Billis, who's the, in a lot of ways, the face of college basketball, calling your game uh, with Reese Davis, and he's right there, courtside with Dawkins. Um, And it was a well played game. It was an exciting game. It was a great showcase for the league and uh, a great one, maybe one of the UCF best wins of all time. And really kind of pretty much, I, I mean, you could argue that the Cincinnati win locked up the bid. But that Houston win—I think a lot of people felt they were in after that win. Yeah,
0: that definitely sealed it up. So, um, by the way, I, it, six good nominees here. I mean, it, it, and and, I, and by the way, and we didn't even really discuss the uh, the Memphis regular season game uh, for football, which was a nail biter to end all nail biters, but a truly a, a truly dramatic and stark setting with the rain and everything. It was like. It was right out of a storybook. I mean, that was really great. They so those were down, are, our... they,
1: were, they were down by, they were down by 16 and a half. Yeah. On the road. against an offense that they couldn't stop at all. Right. Against a running back. They couldn't stop at all. And yet they score 17 unanswered and it's just nuts. And we'll get to, we'll get to
0: part of that game later on. That's right. Oh, speaking of later on, here we go. Oh, it's right now. Yeah. Okay. Play of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have five nominees for play of the year. Um, First is, speaking of that game in the rain against Memphis, Taj McGowan, 79 yard uh, touchdown run on fourth down and one. Fourth and one in your own territory, um, down two scores late in the third. And McGowan goes the distance um, to get UCF back within a score. Um, Tristan Hill threw a key pancake block right there. Um, you know, he, he came in like a wrecking ball, didn't he? um and, uh, and that was uh that was tr- a play that really saved UCF season um uh, credit to Derek Warden who nominated this other football play for play of the year um Daryl Max touchdown pass to Otis Anderson at the start of the second half against Memphis in the American Athletic Conference football championship um when UCF again was down and just could not freaking stop Memphis um That was a key moment that flipped the game and gave UCF a second, or helped to give UCF a second consecutive conference title. From baseball, Dallas Beavers walk-off hit against Memphis, which I had the pleasure of calling on the American Digital Network, um, which at the moment, which at at that moment saved UCF's season, and what we thought would, and we thought could probably save them from getting left out of the NCAA tournament at the time. As it turns out, it didn't. But certainly it was uh, a great cap off to a great game. Um, and uh, and, and the, the emotion from Greg Lovelady immediately following that, I think, was um, a truly remarkable um, play uh, to help UCF baseball get to where they thought and I think many of us rightly think they should have been. Um, from Men's Soccer, Max Stiegwort's overtime golden goal uh, against UConn that won that, capped off that 3-2 comeback um, uh, and uh, and sent UCF to the American uh, Soccer Championship game um, <laughs> on a remarkable shot, too, of a, a free kick from about 18 yards out, and he put it in basically untouched. Really a, an amazing play. Uh, and then, last but not least, a twofer, as far as I'm concerned, and this is the one that gets my vote. K.K. Wright was so good for women's basketball all year. With the game on the line against a a very good Cincinnati team, uh, she gets a go-ahead layup, and then after a time, with five seconds to go to put UCF up one in the game at UCF, or or at, uh, well, then, now we call it additional financial arena, right? Okay, sure, whatever. Um, Gets the (laughs) go-ahead layup with five seconds to go, and then the game-sealing steal with one second to go. Um, offense, defense, game over. And that one gets my nomination. So the uh, so there's your five nominees for play of the year. Eric, what are you going to go with?
2: I'm going to go with the fourth and one play. That's um,
0: such an easy pick.
2: But it's the right pick. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's the right pick. Now, look, the UConn would have been great if they would have won the conference tournament, but they didn't. Your Memphis one would have been great if, UCF would have made the tournament. They didn't. Um, Women's Hoops was probably going to make the tournament if that play doesn't happen anyway. Um, But look at this play with the fourth and one, and I'll I'll let Murph describe the play and and what that meant in the game. I'm just going to tell you what it meant for the season. Not only did it save the season, if they don't make that play, they probably lose that game. If they lose that game, college game day doesn't come to UCF. If they lose that game... Who knows how low they're ranked at that point, and who knows if the All-Access Bowl is even in play. Um, They probably would have still been high enough, ranked high enough to maybe get it, but you never know. Um, That preserved the win streak, which was one of the main reasons why game day got there. And that was the thing. The streak was on the line, and I think a lot of people, not me, because I knew they were going to come back because I tweeted that. Everybody else was flipping out uh, because they have no confidence in their team like I did. Just for the record. Yeah, I'm patting myself in the back because I did call the comeback. Um, but that was a heck of a play and a heck of a play call you don't see every day. I don't think, it's not like you see that on every uh, day or every year. So that, because, you know, a salute to everybody for executing that. And that changed the whole momentum of that game without question.
1: Murph? Yeah, I, I have to agree. Just because it's the simple and obvious pick doesn't I mean, I mean it's the right one, too. So in that game, UCF's offense, you know, couldn't get a whole lot done. We've never seen them this bogged down for this amount of time. Late in the third quarter, on the road, conditions worsening, and Josh Michael rolls the dice. If they don't, if if, if Tosh McDowell doesn't pick up this yard, to at least get the first down, UCF turns the ball over, gives Memphis, Memphis the ball back at, at, at the UCF 29, and they're already up by, I, I believe it was 30-17. to 17. So they're already up. Yeah, they're already at thirteen. They would be almost basically in field goal, field goal position again to make it possibly a three score game. And yet not only does Taj get the first down, but Taj, who is not a breakaway type of player, he's more of a bowling ball kind of guy, gets a fantastic block from Tristan Hill, as Jeffrey uh, described, and goes the distance. One of the the one of the best runs, one of the best plays I've seen in UCF over two years, much less just this past year. And to further like hammer this point home, when I was at the, uh, the festival uh, they asking uh, a lot of these NFL players what they thought was the play of the year, uh, more than half of them, i talked to at least 20 guys, I think it was, more than half of them said it was this play. Uh, this play saved their season, they turned the game around, and made everything possible from a, like, a show business standpoint that Eric pointed out. It's had so much more far-reaching
2: uh, effects than just uh, getting the back of a single.
0: Ah, you guys are so easy. It's so. Brian, cool. Brian,
2: Brian, Brian. Let me ask because you were in the in the in the uh, you were there obviously in the press box. I, I and I don't know what it was like in the press box, but I could tell you watching the game. Even the broadcasters, when they lined up, nobody actually believed that they were going to hike the ball.
0: Right, and Dave, Dave Lamott was calling that game, and he and and you can hear, uh, you can hear the shock in his voice when they actually snapped the ball. What?
2: Well, was that the reaction? What was it like in the press box? Because like, it's one thing to line up, but I think everybody's like, oh, they're trying to draw him off, you know, trying them off field, you know, off sides. Once the ball was hiked, I almost feel like everybody's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there was a bit of that, but I thought I, I
1: really didn't think they were going to go for it. Because at that point, they really hadn't had that much success. They had to do something to get some life into that offense. I, I thought they were going to go for it. And he just, as he's running down the sidelines, clear – you're like, oh, my God, this is happening. Like, it's one of, it's one of those this is happening moments. It's, it's
0: pretty amazing. All right. All right. Oh, that that one's probably going to win anyway. But you know what? If you don't, if you don't, hey, we got some pretty good reasons for you.
2: I will say this, though. I will say this. If the Aubrey Dawkins tip in goes in.
0: If the Aubrey, if the Aubrey Dawkins chip tip in goes in. Okay. That's okay. Let's do a quick little sidebar here. Uh, and uh, yes or no. If the Aubrey Dawkins tipping goes in, does that beat out the Taj McGowan run? Yes, Brian. Yeah,
1: it's it's direct impact on on the future of that team and and what it means. They beat the number one team in the nation. They beat possibly one of the best college basketball teams in the last five to ten years. And so, go to yeah. the
0: Sweet Sixteen for the first time in school history.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Probably
2: wins multiple awards. Put it to that way with that play. All
0: right. Oh, I don't God. I don't want to get it any more depressed me. about this. Thank you. Um, uh, kills me. Moment of the year. Oh, well. <laughs> this is this is Speaking this is interesting. Depressing. Well, no, I don't think this uh, yeah, well, one of them kind of has its roots in in something tr- truly depressing, but I think really galvanized a team and a fan base. Um one of the nominees So we have four nominees. The first nominee is the aftermath of Mackenzie Milton's unfortunate and horrifying injury uh, against South Florida, when the team and the fan base came together, and you know, and obviously the whole Ten Hana thing, and um, I mean, yes, I know it's Ohana, but you know, one zero Hana and all that. Um, but <laughs> but the way that the the fan base and the team came together in the week leading up to um, and then in the week leading after that, leading up to the conference championship game and then leading into the Fiesta Bowl. And even after, even to this day, um, you know, the the in rallying around Mackenzie Milton um, in the wake of his devastating injury, um, to, to me, qualifies as as a truly great moment um, for uh, for any UCF program, I think any year, just kind of um, solidifying the bond that those players had with each other and with the fan base too. So that would so the aftermath of that injury to me is the moment uh, uh, to, to me qualifies as a moment of the year nominee. Three others we've got uh, the senior night um, for men's basketball uh, as uh, as the Knights defeated uh, Cincinnati uh, that evening. Um, and uh, in, in in you know I mean it wasn't the prettiest game, but for the fans to you know, to show their appreciation for all the seniors um, and rush the floor after the game, Taco's mom, Taco Falls Excuse mom me. was there. Taco yeah Taco Falls well not just his mom but I think uh, but you know he had his family brother. there. His brother was yeah, there.
1: Brother um, we hadn't seen it in seven years.
0: You know uh, you know Aubrey Dawkins of course you know that kind of goes without saying. Um, DJ you know, Taylor
1: being crowd surfed at the yeah, end of the game
0: yeah, a, a guy who's given his heart and soul um, to, uh, to the program over all those years uh, and UCF gets the victory over a ranked Cincinnati team by three on the home floor and in the process effectively clinches an at large NCAA bid for the first time in, in school history um, a, a great moment at, that we saw from this year and um, Eric, you nominated this one, and I thought about it, and I was like, "Nah," and I was like, "You know what? I'll, I'll put this one in." Uh, UCF's win over VCU in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Significant, obviously not uh, you know not the greatest ga- game in the world in terms of quality, but such a tremendous uh, tremendous moment for the program to win their first NCAA uh, uh, tournament game as an at- in their in their first game as an at large. Um, and, uh, and to do so over a team that, you know, has made noise in, in previous years in the NCAA. Um, and it was a little, there was a little bit in doubt there for a little bit uh, when VC was coming back, but the Knights kind of showed some resolve. Taco Fall was great. Aubrey Dawkins was great in that game. And, uh, and the Knights kind of not only just, got, you know, got, not only got off the schneid for the NCAA, but I think answered a lot of questions, uh, you know, after that game. So that was a, a great moment for the program. But the one that I think is probably going to win is college game day coming to UCF for the Cincinnati game. Um, it was mentioned as a possibility over a course of weeks. It finally happened and it, yeah,
2: we, spec, we we were the first to report that. We speculated on it before we, anybody. We thought it we, might we happen.
0: We thought it might yeah. happen. And when it finally did happen, it was it was a true event. Um, and Lived up to the hype. I think actually surpassed the hype in terms of how great it was. Record crowd for college game day. And I think that that three hours um, changed a lot of national perceptions about UCF, not just as an athletic program or a football program, but as a university. I think think really showed that the University of Central Florida is here. Okay. Um, so those are your four moments. I, I I don't know. Convince me. Convince me that I'm wrong on any one of them. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, it, it for me it has to be the, the Milton injury and, and its resulting aftermath. I argued, by the way, I, mean, all of it, I argued for the last play of the UCF two. The Aubrey Dawkins missed tip back. I, mean, I feel
0: like <laughs> uh, I can't do it. So I I we just can't do it that on that one.
1: So that could almost be a moment of the year. I mean, it was just so. It was so. It was emotional and heart wrenching, It just sort of burned into your brain. Um, but really, uh, you know, it has to be the one. First of all, when it happened, you could see right away that it was just horrible, Although that entire football game against USF, this big rivalry game, lost all meaning on the field. Uh, and yet they still had to play. You, and then the entire season ends up being dedicated to McKenzie. The delays and the and the tributes to him were were pretty just uh, amazing to watch. And then how his injury impacts the future of this program uh, immediately and down the road. I mean, without that injury, UCF probably doesn't need to go out and, and get a Brandon Wimbush. There's not possibly, there's probably not as much of an, of an urgency to get Dylan Gabriel as a freshman into this program. There is a clear... Uh, demarcation in this program's history uh, before Mackenzie Milton's injury and after Mackenzie Milton's injury, and I, I think that it just, it's just that's sort of like it's 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 it just grafted into the the story of this program. And I thought the way that the fans rallied around him uh, for for the, the uh, remainder of the year was uh, was tearjerking.
2: I mean,
0: yeah,
2: Eric. I mean, that's a compelling... I mean, all these make great cases. for the, I, I, I mean, the senior night on any other year would win that. That was an amazing moment. It was like... I almost felt like... It, it, being in that building, Murph, I don't know if you agree, I almost felt like... You know, because some people are like, well, why are you storming the court? It's like... I don't. I think it was a storming the court because it was a, a, a release. Because I think everybody yes. at this building at that point's like, we did it. We're going to the tournament. And right. I mean, these guys did it. Yeah, and they, they knew it. You know, that yeah. was a... Remark. but I'm going to uh, agree with you, Jeff. I'm going with Game Day because it's a more positive thing. The Milton thing, I, I just it's just a, an unsad and unfortunate deal uh, that does. I mean, the, the made pain from thing.
0: that kind of is still, it, it's still you know, and and like I don't want. I mean, I don't want anybody to think we're being ghoulish by thinking about that. I I, I want what I, I want to make sure everyone knows that we're thinking about this in in terms of turning an incredibly negative th- thing into what ended up being a positive. And I think if McKenzie was here, he would probably he would probably say, "Yeah, I you know, he would be proud of how the fan base and the team rallied around that." But they were yeah. rallied
2: in the conference title game and all that, and I think those are valid points, but at the same time you're also left you wondering, "Well, what if he would have stayed healthy? Would they have gone undefeated again and things like that?" Uh I think game day has a longer impact because as great as 2017 was and all that, I think college game day arrival, and then not only that, don't forget, we were the Saturday night ABC game that night um, with Fowler and Herb Street there. I think that was the night that the football program got some national respect uh, and acceptance to some extent uh, with game day being there, which a lot of people are like, oh, ESPN hates UCF and this or that. Well, no, they came. They showed up and uh, I think you're right, Jeff. I think, I mean, Kurt Herbstree's been on record saying that you know he 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 changed his mind in a lot of ways about UCF, having seen him in person and seeing what's going on. Um, to me, that's the, the the moment of the year for the university, for the not just the football program but the university. And I think it's not a day that anybody will forget. You know, 20, 30 years from now, and I think yeah. that's a. Yeah. I think when I think UCF will have a, we'll get more of a benefit of the doubt nationally. Maybe not necessarily the playoff, but I don't want to get into that. But just the benefit, I think they will start getting treated a little bit like Boise is, at least as far as their accomplishments on the field moving forward, and in part as a result from that game day appearance.
0: Yeah, it was a transcendent moment for the yes. university. That's what it was. All right, uh, last one before we take a break. Performance of the year, real quick. Baseball: Jordan Spicer's performance against Tulane in the American Athletic Conference um, baseball championship. After all he had been through um, to uh, throw that uh, that complete game against Tulane was really a, a remarkable performance. Um, Aaliyah White against Coastal Carolina, Eric. We'll we get to talk about that in a little bit. But yet another performance by her. Um, she's sort of racking up these <laughs> as we go along. Um we Now, Daryl Mack uh, against Memphis in the American uh, Football Championship after what was a disastrous first half, uh, three fumbles, two of them lost. Um, he comes back and actually uh, sets a new uh, UCF record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback, leading UCF to that second-half comeback. Um, but I think my vote is going to be for this last one. Aubrey Dawkins against Duke, 32 points. Um he was a man possessed in that game. And I think you probably could have seen from the first two shots that he took that he was absolutely locked in. And to see a player rise to that level when it's needed. Um, never mind the fact that he was the last guy to touch the ball on the final possession. I don't care. Um, the fact that he, 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 more than anybody else, not not alone, but he more than anybody else kept UCF in that game. And as Mike Shishovsky himself said, was the best player on the floor in that game. That to me, with the chips on the table in the NCAA's against the number one team in the country, that's the individual performance of the year, in my opinion. Uh, uh, Eric, what do you think?
2: I no, I mean everything you said was right, and, and, and to really expand on that. He was the best player on the court that's going to end up having the number one overall NBA draft pick here in a week and then possibly the number three pick in the draft and potentially a third guy on the court that was could end up in the top ten in Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett and then uh, Cam Reddish. And he was the best player in the court and nobody debated that. Um, it was an amazing performance and without that performance UCF doesn't have a chance to pull off that upset. But uh, uh, to me, that's the definitely uh, the performance of the year. I will give a salute real quick to Leah White for first no-hitter against Coastal Carolina. That was actually my first game of the year calling that uh, UCF softball, so what a way to come back after missing the couple weeks, the first week of the season and all that stuff. And that was the first no-hitter thrown by UCF pitcher uh, since 2015, believe it or not, since the McKenzie-Otis Shelby-Turnier era. So it was almost like Okay, this is now the this we're definitely in the Aaliyah White era. It's kind of like the torch there. Okay, this is Aaliyah's run here. Even though it's her junior year and she had a great year last year. It was kind of a sentimental moment there. Mm -hmm. And then also a salute, and I'll defer, I'll pass it all up the buck here to Murph because he was there. The Jordan Spicer performance might be as one of the most not not only best baseball performance of the year, but it's one of the more emotional moments that I can remember a baseball game where Spicer against with everything backs against the wall elimination game going a complete game in today's day and age of baseball murph uh just tremendous tremendous game yeah
1: i mean you have to remember that jordan spicer when he transferred in
2: uh as a
1: juco transfer a couple years ago there were high there were really high prospects coming to come in and fill out as, as a as part of the starting rotation and he really faltered and part of it was just you know, he's one of those guys where when things start going wrong. He has a tendency to overthink things, and he kind of gets on himself too much. Um, and so he really just did not live up to the expectations last year for most of this year. Then he gets a chance late in the year with all the injuries happening to UCF pitching staff. He becomes really their best pitcher for the past month and a half of the season.
2: And turns in
1: undoubtedly the best performance by any player this season. A complete game in the conference tournament in a game UCF had to win to any shot at the NCAA tournament, and he did it against a top-ten-ranked offensive team in Tulane. Uh, it, was, it was amazing, and then afterwards, hearing, hearing you know, Jordan Spicer saying he didn't know if this was going to be his last game uh, playing organized baseball, and which we know now it will not be, because he ended up being drafted by the Colorado Rockets. But, I mean, it, there was so much for him, I think, going, up, going to that mound that night, not knowing his future in baseball, knowing all of his past failures, knowing how people had doubted him, uh, and he'd seen the critics online doubting him, calling him a bust, and, and yet he turns in this performance against this amazing offense, a, a performance that even Greg Lovelace said he did afterwards. Loveland admitted he could not have foreseen this coming. Even this year, could not have foreseen this happening with Jordan Spicer. Uh, it was a, a really, in so many ways, a, a very emotional um, a performance, yeah.
0: Yeah, he had nine innings gave up eight hits, two runs, walked one, struck out six, on 116 pitches, and kept UCF alive uh, one more day. Uh, really, and and I, when I think of that game, I think of that tweet that came out afterwards with the picture of he and Love Lady um, in an embrace afterwards. And I think mm-hmm. what what did Love Lady say after that? He says it's, it was a hug I'll never forget. Is that right?
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean. Let, let me ask you both this, because Murph, I'm assuming you would vote for Aubrey's performance. Yeah, yeah. Had baseball made the tournament because of that win, could Spicer have stolen that category? No, it's Aubrey. It's so much. It's so Aubrey. It's not I mean, Jordan Spicer was
1: great, but Aubrey literally outperformed three top 10 draft picks. Yeah, yeah. And to, and to, to, you know, in the opinion of, their own head
0: coach one of the greatest coaches in basketball history maybe the greatest yeah so maybe the greatest I agree agree. when we come back we're going to take a break when we come back we will have the the big awards male athlete of the year female athlete of the year and team of the year as we wrap up here on the 2019 black and gold Banneret podcast award nominations show stick around we'll be right back all right, we are back here on the 2019 Black and Gold Bannerette uh, Award nominees show. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy. Once again, a reminder to you, you are the one who's going to vote for these. Uh, so be on the lookout on Black and Gold Banneret for, um, for all of these awards. We're going to split them up into a few posts, and you get to vote on them and see who, and, and tell us who you think Uh, or what you think should be the winners in each of these 14 categories. We're down to our final three, and they are the three big ones. Male Athlete of the Year, Female Athlete of the Year, and Team of the Year. So we'll start with the uh, Male Athlete of the Year. We have five nominees. We have Cal Jennings from Men's Soccer, one of the national leaders in goals, helping to lead uh, UCF Men's Soccer to the uh, NCAA uh, tournament. BJ Taylor from Men's Hoops, the senior, the captain, Big shot Barry um, uh, Boone, high school graduate in his final year, um, leading UCF to its first NCAA tournament victory, and doggone near their second. Taco Fall, uh, who spent who himself spent four years here um, at UCF and and worked his game into a way where he is now uh, a definite NBA prospect. Greg McRae from football. There were a lot of guys you could have picked from football, but we went with Greg McRae because not only was he a tremendous breakout star, but a player who, um, through all of the the turbulence that UCF suffered, especially in the latter part of the year, he was steady as a rock. Um, and finally, Dallas Beaver from baseball. If you had to pick a guy from baseball um, who was probably the best player on the field, there were quite a few guys who we could have gone with, but... Dallas Beaver had a truly remarkable season, better than 50 runs batted in a couple game winning hits, especially the one against Memphis, um, a, uh, a, a, an outstanding performance over the year entirely. So male athlete of the year. Um, my vote, uh, is going to go to Cal Jennings because I don't think it was ever fully appreciated what he accomplished, uh, for UCF men's soccer, um, this season. Now he didn't lead the nation um, in goals. Now that went to a guy for uh, 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 that went to a guy out west Um, but a senior from Roswell, Georgia who we saw flashes of the year before comes out this season and scores 20 goals on 100 shots. 51 shots on goal. Six of them were game winners and helps lead UCF to a 13-3-3 uh overall record he was uh a man possessed throughout UCF's uh season um the entire way um uh, Brian what do you think who is going to get your nomination or who is going to get your vote yeah
1: i'm i'm going to go with Cal as well i think he had uh, would you have to correct me here he had 20 goals
0: 20 goals on
1: the air 20 goals I, I mean, it's it's soccer. I mean, this is, this is like baseball <laughs> yeah. where the balls slide out of the yard for home runs. Like, I, I think there's a, a lot of a lot of people in that category who had good seasons. So I think he had a good season. I think Taco certainly had his best season at UCF and became an NBA prospect or a better NBA prospect. Dallas Beaver, I believe, had an OPS of around 1,000. I mean, he had a very solid year. great McCray, again, second half of the year was a total beast. But from start to finish, I believe Calton's had the best year, the best body of work overall yeah. uh, for any UCF male athlete. And just the, the, offensive, uh, the offensive juggernaut that he was, 20 goals, I mean, that sort of stops you in your tracks.
0: Yeah. He was, he was second in the country, by the way. He was a, by the way, I have to correct myself. He was a junior last year. He was second in the country behind Andre Shinyashiki of the University of Denver, uh, who scored 28. But Cal scored 20... In nineteen games, nineteen games, <laughs> unbelievable. That's nuts. Yeah, um, Eric, who you got?
2: It's Cal Jennings, without even a question. Think about this: we haven't even mentioned this. He was, an, first of all, he was first team All American in men's soccer, first team All American. He was also a Herman Trophy semifinalist. What's the Herman Trophy? It's like the Heisman Trophy for soccer. Cal Jennings is the first player in the history of UCF men's soccer. To even make it to being a semifinalist for the Herman Trophy, think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, to me, I mean the guy that it, it just tells you how impressive people thought of him. He's one of the, he was he was the American Conference Player of the Year, semifinalist. Uh, to me, he's, he was the best player by far. It's not even close. I mean he's he's the he's the male athlete of the year. I mean if if there's any other vote other than Cal Jennings, because here's the thing. You can make a case for a bunch of football players. You can make, you know, BJ Taco Aubrey in basketball. Cal Jennings was the UCF men's soccer team offensively, and he's one of the best players in the world and could be one of the favorite frontrunners for the Herman Trophy going into the fall. Yeah, this is going to be such an this is going to be such an interesting vote. Obviously, because he's obviously much more high, higher
1: profile names in higher profile sports, and yet the guy who should win it,
2: I mean, it's Cal Jennings. There's no yeah. doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... I am very interested to see how this is all going to way, here,
2: it's The Swords Awards, which the player, student-athletes vote on that, he won that award as well.
0: Uh, athlete of the Year?
2: Yes, Male yeah. Athlete of the Year. So, to me, this is on the fans. Either you do the right thing and vote for the right guy, or you, you know, you're going to get criticized.
0: Or don't. <laughs> okay, so what a surprise. Eric Lopez is going to criticize the fans about something. No, uh, no, no. It deserves <laughs> this. I mean, it's not even... Like, nobody saw this coming, Murphy you and, uh, and Jeff.
2: Jeff, you and I talked to Coach Cal, uh, Calabrese before the year, and we asked him directly, where's the goal scoring going to come from? And he's like, well, you know, I, you know it's going to come from a bunch of different guys. But nobody saw this coming. Nobody expected an All-American Herman-type year that Cal Jennings did. It's one of the greatest yeah. years that any UCF men's soccer players ever had, and maybe even any athlete, period.
0: I wonder, I wonder if Coach Calabrese was playing possum with us on that one, by the way. She might.
2: But, <laughs> by the way, so you had Shelby Turner was a top ten player of the year in twenty fifteen in softball. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, a la- What was it? He finished eighth in the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. To put it in perspective, Chris Duffy was a Golden Spikes finalist. I mean, that's the kind of category that Cal Jennings is. Just to give, just to help people get an idea, he basically was a top ten finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Basically, yeah. is the way I can describe yeah. it. I
0: yeah. Mean. Alright, so there's your five a- candidates for male athlete of the year Cal Jennings in men's soccer, BJ Taylor and Taco Fall for men's hoops Greg McCray for football, Dallas Beaver for baseball This is, our next one is going to be actually I think the strongest category out of all the 14 awards we're giving out, female athlete of the year um, The five nominees are and I say five but it's technically nine and I'll, and I'll explain why in a second or technically, it's eight. I should say, KK Wright from women's uh, basketball for UCF. Obviously, their leading scorer led UCF to uh, an at-large uh, NCAA tournament bid. Twenty-six and seven overall record. She uh, played in all thirty-three games. She averaged eighteen points per game. Um, was actually actually scored more than double the next second the second most uh, points uh, or, or the second highest point scorer for UCF. Um, this year um 35 minutes a game shot four she had a 40 she this was her splits this year 44 35 82 <laughs> not bad yeah. um best player on the floor that UCF had no oh, by the way we get one more year out of her um McKenna Melville for volleyball we talked about her earlier in the newcomer of the year award but McKenna again going over the numbers are just mind boggling at times uh played all 117 sets started all 31 matches had 528 kills which was almost 200 more than the player in second in that category on uh, UCF she was uh, she was a phenom to say the least uh, and a 246 hit percentage when you're when you're attempting uh, or we, uh, when you're attempting you know as many attempts as she had over 1,400 swings this year and you're shooting 246 that's pretty darn good um elizabeth moon from women's golf. by the way McKennan, by the way was the uh freshman uh player of the year or freshman of the year in american athletic conference volleyball speaking of freshman of the year um elizabeth moon from women's golf came in from forest city arkansas freshman of the year in the uh, in the american all-conference honors um this year, she broke the program record for the lowest 54-hole total at the Prince Aunt, Princess Anne Invitational, shot minus seven, won two tournaments, obviously, the Princess Anne and the Florida Challenge, six top ten finishes, four in the top five, um, and broke the uh, school record for the best single-season scoring average at 722 Um yeah, you know, second place in the American uh, Championship and helped UCF to an NCAA um, birth. She was truly uh, a force to be reckoned with on the golf course in just her first year. Valeria Zaleva from uh, women's tennis. We could have picked, I think, three people from women's tennis, but we're going with Valeria because in the number one spot where everyone knows that you're the best player on the team, okay, she went 18 and six. 18 and 7 overall, but 18 and 6 in the dual matches, and was also outstanding in uh, doubles. Went 15 and 6 um, with her partner uh, Ksenia Kuznetsova um, as well. So if you put those to combine, she went 33 and 13 this year uh, for UCF, Valeria Zaleva. Um, and then uh, finally, the this is where we get the other four. Um, it's the 4 by 100 meter uh, relay team in women's track and field. Shania Williams, Sierra Holbeck, uh Beyonce DeFreitas, and Lauren Gallman. They made the NCAA championships, finished 14th, um, named second team uh, All-America honors um, with a time of 4382 uh, what a uh, uh, what a spring and summer they had for uh, Dana Boone and uh, and the UCF uh, women's track and field team. So those are our nominees. Those four on the on the relay team, we're going to consider them to be basically one nominee for each of them. So uh, uh, my vote, this is hard, but I I got to go with Elizabeth Moon. Um, she it, it, there were so many people that we could have gone with. It's such, it's, this was a really hard category to. Pick, but I mean, when you talk about Elizabeth Moon being that dominant as a freshman in women's golf, a a sport where it's inherently extremely difficult to dominate to any extent, I mean, the fact that she was able to do that is truly, truly remarkable. Two wins, setting the setting program records for scoring average, which is unbelievable. Um, You know, uh, she definitely, uh, in my opinion, it's it's a tough call, but she comes out just barely in first place by a nose. Um, Eric, what about you? Actually, go to
2: Murph, because I'm still on the fence here. So I, 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 I'm curious Ooh, who Murph. Murph would pick first here, yeah.
0: All right, Murph, who you got?
2: So I'm going to go with KK Wright. And so
1: here is a person. So KK coming into this season from the Super you know, they needed her to to replay they pick up some of the slack left behind with the league Gregory leaving and Zakia Saunders graduating. So they needed her to pick up the slack. And and Jeff, you talked about how well she did offensively scoring so many points. She also led the team in steals. She led the team in assists by about 70. She was third in the team in rebounds. And while no person on the team played more than 30 minutes a game, she played up around 36 minutes per game. She was a workhorse, she did everything, she is a, I, I did a story on her this year, she's a total gym rat, she just loves basketball, she spent the entire summer working at Infirmator Game with assistant coach Tony Bellario, and it showed, and I, I, I mean, where, where would this team be without somebody like KK who, in her junior year, like you said Jeff, we get her for another season, in her junior year. Uh, was literally everything to this team. She did everything at a high level.
0: Yeah. Um, I know. That's why this category is hard, man. What do you got, Eric?
2: Well, let me just say this about the track and field, the quartet. Do you realize their relay was the best finish that any UCF teams had since 2014, uh, 2014 when the they had a relay team that finished 11th? And it was the fastest time by a night relay squad in the ch- at the championship since 2013, um, so that's I, I just wanted to salute that. Let's salute that. That being said, I think Murph won my vote. Murph uh, convinced me. I'm going to go with KK Wright. I just Murph's right, Jeff. You saw it up close. If you take away KK Wright from that team, are they an NCAA tournament team?
0: Well, I mean, I made I made my case during the basketball season, much to the chagrin of uh, of others. But I but I'm it's it's my take, and I'm sticking to it that. You know, yes, um, uh, Nafisa Collier was outstanding for UConn this year, right? But and and she and I and she I, she did win most outstanding player. But if we're talking about most uh, valuable also
2: five WNBA pick too. I mean. Yeah,
0: yeah. But if we're talking about most valuable player, if Nafisa Collier suddenly disappeared, UConn would find somebody else to be uh, to to fill that uh, to fill that role, right? If you take K.K. Wright off of UCF, I don't know what happens to that team. I really don't. Do respect to everybody who's there, right? But she is absolutely integral to their success, as integral as any other player is on any team at Huh? You didn't vote for her. Why did you not vote for her? I, because look at what Elizabeth Moon did. That was... No, you're right. You're right. I, I mean, I'm being I mean...
2: I mean, Moon probably made the women's golf team not only an NCAA tournament team, but a national title contender. Basically, right, right. And, right, and
0: and the fact that I mean, now I don't know what the prospects are for her going pro early. Um, I hope that I hope that she sticks around a little bit longer because I would I love gonna, to see Elizabeth Moon play well for UCF for in the years to come. But, um, but man, I mean, it, it's just hard to top a, an athlete who is that dominant in their sport. You know what I mean? But the track
2: stars were tremendous. Triple threat. I... Oh, you can't go wrong there. You both make fantastic cases. I... I I'm i going to change my mind, like, every hour so, you know. <laughs> I'm,
0: you know. I well, this know. hour, it's going to be...
2: I'm going to go with K.K. Wright for this hour, just because I was originally going to go with K.K. Wright. You made a great case, though, on Moon, and the track... I mean, the that was tremendous. Uh... Oh, this is rough. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to lean towards KK Wright because she had a maybe. You could argue maybe had the best women's basketball season that any women's basketball player at UCF ever had. Yeah, you could argue. I t- tell matter. you what,
0: and I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see what she comes up with next year. Oh my god! I mean, I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen. There. I'm
2: good with all those. I'm good for all of them, by the way. I'm yeah. good with. I mean, if you want to vote Moon, I'm good with that. I mean, that's tough. That's tough. I tell you,
0: got KK Wright from women's basketball, McKenna Melville for volleyball, Elizabeth Moon from women's golf, Valeria Zaleva from women's tennis, and the. I, are we allowed to vote multiple times in this poll? No. What multiple times? Well, I'm not checking your IP address. Um, I think it's, if you if you have multiple Twitter accounts, yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. we're, well, we're not going to do it via Twitter this year. We're going to do it. Oh, we're not. No, we're yes. going to do it on the site because thanks to SB Nation and Chorus, we can now conduct polls right there on the page. So, oh, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's, and the four by one hundred meter uh, relay team. So, all right, here we go. This is it. This is this is best picture, right? Um, yep. This is team of the year. We have six nominees. All right, women's golf. Second in the conference, made the uh, yeah. f- uh, finished sixth in the NCAA regionals, qualified for the NCAA championships uh, for the first time in I think twenty five years in the history of the program. Um, rowing, fifth consecutive American Athletic Conference championship, tied for their best finish ever in the NCAA's. Men's basketball, what could possibly be said for that team other than you know winning a uh, NCAA tournament game for the first time? The upsets over Cincinnati and Houston. Um, and coming within an eyelash of knocking off the mighty Duke Blue Devils in the second round and reaching the Sweet 16. Um, women's tennis, making it all the way to the round of 16 before getting knocked off by Pepperdine, but a, a truly dominant team that was top 50 for um, most of the year. By the way, their record this year, to me it's still remarkable, in dual matches was 24-4. and four. Um... Knocking off ranked teams left and right, winning the conference, um, and, and and knocking off both Alabama and Florida State in the NCAA tournament. Those are some heavy hitters. Those are some heavy hitters that they've collected. Um, volleyball. What a year it was for UCF uh, volleyball this year, and a team that was not expected to do what it did at all. Um, last year, with only one senior, Jordan Pingle, on the roster, they go 27 and four, win the American by going 18 and oh in conference. Um, and at one point last year, gosh, this this winning streak was truly remarkable. They won 24 consecutive matches, 24 in a row at one point. Um, just a remarkable year for UCF women's volleyball. Historic indeed um and then last but not least men's soccer um uh, you want to talk about a team that was dominant within the league and uh, and really has been on a tear when you think about it guys the last year and a half going back to halfway through last season uh in 2018 they finished um wait a minute how did i get men's tennis up there oh here it is okay um Men's soccer, uh, this past season, I don't know how I clicked on men's tennis. Thirteen three and three, five one and one in uh, in the league. Um, they, now, granted, they lost in the fi- now they got to the finals of the American at home and lost on penalty kicks um, to SMU, which is heartbreaking in its own way. Um, they were given a bye in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, before they lost in overtime on a golden goal to Lipscomb, so heartbreak all the way around for this team toward the end of the year. Um, but they did not; they lost and the only conference match was, uh, was at Temple, um, and they basically steamrolled everybody um, uh, throughout the rest of the, throughout the rest of the season. The um, and a fantastic year once again by uh, head coach uh, Scott Calabrese once again too. Um, at one point, you know, I mean. Yeah, they uh, they lost basically their last two matches, right? But at that point, they were 13-1-3. <laughs> so, uh, what a year it was uh, for men's soccer. Those are the six nominees. Women's golf, rowing, men's hoops, um, women's tennis, volleyball, and men's soccer. Man, this is tough. Um, but I am going to go with women's tennis. I'm going to go with Brian Canico and the women's tennis team. Um, A few of these teams, you could say they really did come out of nowhere. But women's tennis came out of nowhere, and they are loaded for next year. 24-4 and this year. They will challenge for a national championship next year. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Uh, And we saw it right from the very beginning. Yeah, sure. They lost to Florida State early in the season. Guess what they did? They went back and beat them in the NCAA's. They swept yard in their backyard in in Tallahassee. They swept Bama, swept them in the first round. Um, they steamrolled South. Florida. In the American, it, this is what was truly made. In the three matches they played in the American Athletic Conference Championship Tournament, which UCF hosted at the tennis complex, they didn't lose a single match in any of those. They went. They went a perfect 12 and 0. They were utterly dominant. Utterly dominant and um to see what they've got coming up for next year, I'll tell you, boy. This is going to be this is going to be really something. That, they did not lose a match. I'll have to count it up. But from January 26th until April 5th, they did not lose a match. That's 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 14, 15, 16 matches in a row. Three of them against ranked teams. I mean, that's what I'm coming in with. Who are you guys got?
1: I mean, you spelled it out for me, Jeffrey. The most dominant team on campus this athletic year. Yes, they went 24 and 4, but before they lost in 316, they were 22 and 1 from the course of what? Late January all the way. Through into May. Yeah. I mean, again, you talked about how they clean sweep the conference tournament. They beat down a ranked Alabama team at their place. They won four out of five finish matches against Florida State, who was ranked 11th in the nation. And then, really, it should be noted that they gave Pepperdine, the number six ranked team, all they could handle.
0: Yeah. In, in Malibu.
1: <laughs> in yeah. Malibu. All they could handle. Uh, I, I, I don't think, for me, this is not. I mean, uh, they're all worthy nominees, but I don't think this is that close. I really, I'm really, in my heart, uh, very much, uh, very very comfortable
2: with voting a a women's team of the year. Eric, if the Aubrey Dawkins tipping goes in, you're telling me they don't win the award, Murph? Well, if the Aubrey Dawkins tipping goes in, right? How many kicks?
1: Literally, literally,
0: every every award. (laughs) Has been like if the Aubrey Dawkins tip goes in, you know. Again,
1: <laughs> this is why this is why that that play should be in the moment of the year voting.
0: I know, moment. I know, right?
2: Also, oh, Miss Murphy didn't go in; otherwise, it would. It just <laughs> doesn't matter. Right.
0: We're still, we're I'm, I'm funny waiting for you? To, I'm waiting for you to make the case that if the Aubrey Dawkins tip goes in, that somehow that impacts the Women's Team Coach of the Year award, Eric.
1: If the Aubrey Dawkins (laughs) tip goes in by Cheryl Palsy goes away. There's a ton of things I
2: could have. I'm shocked. I am shocked. The most shocking thing to me, Jeff Sharon, who I've known for a long time, one of his favorite things he loves to do is the what-if game. I am shocked you have not written an article about what-if about that game or that play. I'm shocked. Cause that, that's right up your alley. Well, it's the
0: summer. It's the summer. We you know we've got time uh, but, to, and not much else to
2: do. I, I mean, that's my request. But I, I sort of I mean, but in all seriousness, that's kind of why I'm I'm going with women's tennis. But I don't think it's as big of a margin as Merp, and I would argue that it. But tipping, if it, if that ball goes in, Men's Hoops wins this award. That you know wins this award. They uh, did. Physics, physics. Them, man. Physics, it's man. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Let me just give a couple of shout outs real quick here Rowing, who we, we just we just take them for granted their best finish ever 18th in the NCAA championships 18th uh, unbelievable run for them and then golf finished 22nd in the national championships there so I just want to acknowledge them because they had a in a, in a normal year in a normal year uh, those two would win. But this is definitely not a normal year. It was an unbelievable year, and I had—I agree with both of you. I would go with women's tennis. You both pointed it out very well why they are the team of the year. Uh, phenomenal run, and really think about this, Jeff. You've been lot I don't remember women's tennis ever galvanizing like it did the second the spring year. They really did. they won all these matches. We people were following them, uh, and they were literally a match away from coming back home to be in the NCAA championships. Yeah. What a run. What a run. But I'm not gonna say it was a wide margin. I'm gonna say they win this award by a miss tippet. And hmm. I think we should also mention if people listen to the podcast, I know are wondering
1: right now as we talk about golf and tennis and rowing. Well, where's football? Where is football at? I mean they twelve and one. They were great. Where's football? Well, it's not a slide against football. This is really a celebration of this department as a whole. The most successful year. And he said athletics like, history. This is how good it was. Yeah, there were six better teams, six better teams than UCF football on oh, this game.
0: Yeah, I and you know, I mean, we could have put football in here. I mean, yeah, like you said, twelve and one, all the adversity they went through. Um, you know, finishing the regular season undefeated, winning another conference championship. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, part the, in the final analysis, I think we got this right. And yeah. you know, and yeah. you know what, and, and you know what, you're right, Brian. We probably are going to catch a lot of crap for that. Quite frankly, I don't care. Go start. Lost-
2: no, but here's the thing. Here's what I would, I mean, what I would say is, and it's, I know this sounds very cold, but they lost the their most important game of the year. They lost the bowl game. I mean, they, that's unfortunately the bar is so high right now. And it's a compliment, really. Maybe you could argue it's a compliment. The bar is high. If you don't win the bowl game, I don't think it's it it it's going to be hard to win the award. Put it to that way. Yeah. UCF would have won their bowl game if the Aubrey
0: Dawkins tip
1: had gone
0: in. There you go. See, see what happens if if Aubrey Dawkins tip goes in somehow. UC, UCF scores the tying touchdown in the final minute against LSU, right. ties it at forty. It goes to overtime. Never, never mind. Never mind the space-time continuum. <laughs> I like this game, Murph. Do you think if the tipping goes
2: in, baseball gets into the tournament in baseball? Yeah, do you think, yeah, 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 of, of course.
1: course. Aubrey, we're going to rename the butterfly effect into the Aubrey Dawkins effect. Everything in world history hinges <laughs> upon the fact that Aubrey Dawkins <laughs> did tip in roll his <laughs> way. The
0: Aubrey Fly
1: if, Effect. If, if your kid loses in the 2020 general presidential election, blame it on Aubrey Dawkins <laughs> tipping and
0: not going. Okay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, oh, is where yeah. we will end it. Um, once again, we will uh, present these out. I, I'm gonna. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to sort of uh, roll these out. I think I might do like coaches, and then individuals, and then, and then you know, sort of team awards, and then the and then the big finale. But um, you will have the opportunity to vote on them uh, on. Uh, uh, on blackandgoldbanneret.com. You can follow us at UCF underscore banneret on Twitter, uh, as well as facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret. Follow us each individually at Jeff underscore Sharon, Eric Lopezillo, Brian at spokes underscore Murphy. So thanks again to all of, uh, uh, by the way, to um, all of our staff for sending in the nominations. Thanks to Luke. Um, thanks to Jeremy. Thanks to Derek. Thanks to all the guys. Um, and thanks to you, the listeners, who um, and all of our followers, who um, who really do show us how much you appreciate us covering some of these sports that we're not just a football, men's basketball site. That we cover all these sports for UCF, and we get to see some of the great achievements of these of these student athletes and these coaches and these teams because um, you know some of the things that we've seen, especially this past year at UCF, have been really, really um, amazing. So. All right, so that's the end of our Banny's Nominee Show. Next week, we pass out the awards. You're going to vote on them. See what the results are next week right here on the Black and Gold Bannerette Podcast. For Brian and Eric, I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.